God, I'm telling you. My dogs are barking today. But man, my dogs are barking. Well, for a long time for Mississippi State fans all over, there's been uh, a consistent voice in uh, recruiting and in news for Mississippi State Athletics, and that is Mr. Paul Jones, who has graciously joined us today. Very busy uh, started as, as camp kind of gets started, so we really do appreciate your time today, Paul. Uh, first off, something I was just a little curious about, how long have you been covering Mississippi State Athletics? Oof. You're going to make me date myself. Um, man, I guess you go back to when I started college at Mississippi State. I actually uh, worked in media relations as a student assistant at Mississippi State uh, starting, I think, 90, 1991, 1992. And uh, while I was there, I actually did some freelance writing covering high school sports for the West Point paper and Starville Daily. So just kind of stayed in media relations until I got out of school and and started working full-time for Star Daily and uh, then got to the internet side of things. Uh, and, and this summer, I'll be going on my uh, 12th year at 24-7 Sports. How remarkable. How remarkable. Well, I mean, I, I know for me personally and for, for many um, uh, friends, you, you have been a source of information that otherwise we we just would not know. And, you know, of course, social uh, social media and technology changes uh, the way you receive information, but you, you have just been covering so much. And so first thing I wanted to get into, um, we think about Mississippi State Athletics. There there seems to be some good, uh, or football uh, specifically, there seems to be some very good excitement going into this season. Uh, we had the passing of Mike Leach, which was obviously such a tragedy. And now Zach Arnett seems to be, he's obviously a very different person, but there's some good energy. He seems to be very proud to be recruiting the state of Mississippi. Um, do you think, uh, is there anything different in approach uh, or maybe just his his personality? Will there be any different results in recruiting the state of Mississippi? Do you think it'd be more successful, less than? Is there any way to kind of uh, uh, find that? Well, obviously, we won't know the, the end of that story until December or February. And, but, you know, they, they put an emphasis on Mississippi. There's no doubt about that. And and you can tell that with the guys he's hired on his staff. Uh, David Turner, um, longtime assistant in the SEC. David's not from Mississippi, but he's coached here a couple of different times. Knows the state well. Obviously, Tony Hughes is still here. Uh, they added Chad Bumpus. Uh, obviously, Chad played here. Knows the state well. Was a recruit himself. Uh, and then they got Will Friend, an offensive line coach. And Will's from Mississippi. Uh, he's been in this Auburn now. To the, he knows the landscape, but uh, you know Zach has has made a point to to recruit Mississippi, and uh, of course this is a always talent in the state. Uh, and I always say that Mississippi's top ten recruits can compete at any state's top ten recruits, but this year it's a lot deeper. So you got Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, Georgia. Oklahoma, everybody's in the state this year, and that can make things a little bit more difficult than a normal year. But, you know, I, just off the top of my head, I think they have uh, 10 commitments, I think, right now. And I think half of them are from Mississippi. And at the end of the day, and it's hard to project these things, but I would say by the time signing day's here, you'll probably see 11 or 12 guys from Mississippi, uh, which is kind of the norm 
uh, on that signing list, and and that will definitely be a big emphasis for them. You know, not just from the high school ranks, but also in the JUCO ranks. Of course, of course, and you know, with this new season uh, and and with some new new uh, recruits from the state of Mississippi, there also comes a new offense. So Kevin uh, Barbet comes to to take over and to lead. And and for you know, kind of your typical fan, what, how different will the offense be, and, and what will this look like between uh, what what Mike Leach was doing with the air raid and what Joe Moorhead was doing uh, with kind of that RPO? It, it, what is there a way to define it in between? I think balance is the best way. <clears throat> Excuse me, the best way to describe it is just balance. Uh, the now the passing game there's still a lot of air raid concepts and of course you take any passing offense in America right now and you're going to find air raid concepts but you know you're going to see receivers more involved in the running game whether it's Ladicha Griffin or Xavier Thomas getting handoffs uh, you're going to see more of a versus you're going to see receivers even throwing passes but you're going to see more of an emphasis and that's kind of the hard part to explain to fans and they take it from one extreme to the other. You say there's more emphasis on the run game. Well, obviously there was going to be more run emphasis on the run game compared to the air raid. I mean, you can, you can just run the ball 35, 40 times a game and still have more emphasis compared to the air raid. But, you know, they, I think they've got the running backs to do that. They've got, uh, you know, they had success. I, I think I'll, I might be off a game or two here, but I think when Mike Leach was at Mississippi State the last two years and he ran the ball 25 times or more, he was 7-1 and one in those games. So uh, just getting back to more of a balance, uh, the passing game will have more vertical shots. Uh, you know, Will Rogers, uh, I think it's an unfair criticism of him, unfair criticism of him that he can't stretch the field and throw the deep passes, but he can. And, and he showed that last year, uh, and he showed it in the spring game. But – He'll have more opportunities to show that this year. And, uh, you know, I think that's two biggest differences. More vertical shots in the passing game and more balanced running game. Well, how exciting. And, you know, with, with this offense, well, I guess on the offense and defensive side, are there any any new arrivals, uh, whether they be incoming freshmen uh, or transfers, that you have seen that you think will make an impact on either side of the ball that we should know about? <clears throat> well, one of those guys we haven't seen yet because he didn't get here till this summer is Freddie Roberts, uh, transfer from Eastern Washington University. He, pretty good transfer, uh, pretty highly rated. I think he ended up a four-star ranking in the transfer portal, but you have not seen him yet. But he's a, a nice size outside receiver that can stretch the field. Uh, you know, I think another good addition is to the backfield with Kevon Lee from Penn State. Uh, a guy that's um, more of a Dylan Johnson type, if you will. He, he's more of a powerful, short yardage type of running back. Um, you know, Kevon missed half the season last year with an injury but at Penn State, but he's back healthy again, and he actually led Penn State in rushing, I think, in 2020 and 21. So uh, he knows about physical football in the Big Ten, and, and he's been productive. Um, you know, I think that – it's kind of really hard to go beyond that on offense because there's so many veterans back. You know, there's there's a lot of veterans back. You know, obviously, Will Rogers, running backs, receivers, offensive line. Uh, but if I had to pick one freshman, 
uh, that could get into that rotation and, and, and get some reps would be Creed Whittemore, a uh, freshman receiver from Florida. Uh, he signed, and, and he, we got to look at him in, in spring practice because he enrolled in January. Uh, I expect him to play this year. and may be one of a, just a handful of true freshmen that plays this year. And then on defense, I think a lot of eyes, uh, you know, a lot of veterans back on the front line, you know, Jaden Comedy, Nathan Pickering, DeMonte Russell, you got Buki Watson, Jet, Watt, Jet Johnson back at linebacker. Uh, but probably the new faces that people will, will have to get used to in this, is in the secondary. Uh, Kamari Rogers transfer cornerback from Miami. He made a good push on the depth chart late in spring. And uh, one guy that I really caught my attention in spring practice at safety was Jacoby Albert, a, a freshman transfer from Kentucky, a former four-star prospect on 24-7. Uh, he, he's really good athletically and, and physically. It's just a matter of catching up with the defensive scheme. But uh, a lot of veterans on both sides of the ball, so probably won't be that many new names this year. Of course, of course. And, and you know, there, there's excitement on the football side, but really for the first time in a while, there's now some excitement for MSU basketball. And you think about the job that Chris Jans has done in year one, even with, I mean, goodness gracious, a historically bad three-point shooting team still got them to uh, the NCAA tournament, which is remarkable. Um, Trey Fort and Josh Hubbard seem to be the, the two uh, newest shining stars. I know Andrew Taylor's another transfer coming in from Marshall as a guard. Um, man, has there is, is there any particular thing that stands out with them uh, in, in terms of the depth chart, or is that kind of stuff too just too early to predict? Well, I think you could probably get it too deep and know what the rotation is going to be. But, you know, I think from a starting standpoint, uh, it may be a little bit difficult to say, especially in the backcourt. Uh, you know, Tolu Smith starting at center. I would be surprised if Cameron Matthews isn't starting at power forward. And I would be surprised if DJ Jeffries isn't starting at the three. Uh, in the backcourt, though, man, I, I think it's, you know, it's Chris Jans. He wants a 10, 11-man rotation. Everybody's going to get their minutes. But uh, I think it's we got to get into some practices first. Um, and the starting lineup that you see to start in November may not be the starting lineup when we get to SEC ball. But uh, more specifically, the point guard, Andrew Taylor, Deshaun Davis, uh, going to be a good battle there. I don't know if it matters who starts because both will probably play 20, 25 minutes a game. And then at the two guard, you know, I think Shaquille Moore probably starts the season off there. Uh, it'll be interesting because if you follow Mississippi State basketball last couple of seasons, you've, you've noticed Shaq is good off the bench too. You know, he, he has no problem uh, accepting that six-man role. And uh, just a matter probably of seeing how quick Trey Fort adjusts to college basketball. Uh, you know, the guy can light it up and, you know, uh, one of the posters on our board kind of summed it up best. And Juco, when you watch his film, he was a bad shot taker, but he was a bad shot maker. You know, th this guy would shoot from 28, 29 feet and have no problem. I think he shot 45% from three. Uh, just got to, you know, get him to understand a, a three-pointer from 23 feet, 22 feet, the same as 29 feet. But uh, you can imagine the open looks that, that those guards are going to get with Tolu Smith in the middle. Uh, you know, it was kind of an interesting offseason for them, too, because 
you know, obviously transfer portal season, everybody's excited about that and things are happening. And it was just a snail's pace for Mississippi State. And then you look up within a week and a half span, they get Andrew, T they get Jimmy Bell at center, uh, a, a power five starter from West Virginia. They get Andrew Taylor a couple of days later. And then Tolu Smith announces he's coming back. And in a week's time, your work's done, your roster sets. So, uh, it was a, a very successful uh, offseason, I think, for Chris Chance and them. And uh, the thing that really has me excited, and I always love these events, Landon, when they happen, because you have to pick the right time to do this. And it's usually with a veteran team. But uh, we reported last week, I found out that they're going to take a uh, international trip, a foreign tour to Portugal. And late july early august and, and that's always good for team bonding uh the biggest key with that landing though you get 10 extra practices uh that never hurts so uh, i think that'll be a big boost for them to going into the season absolutely absolutely there there is it's just it's been a minute since i can remember this this much excitement starting off a season uh, I'm, I'm sure there was a season or two in in the ben Howland era but this is it's a great time to be a Mississippi State basketball fan. That's that's for sure. And then lastly, you know, I just I was wondering about your process. You um, are in contact with so many different uh, different people. I mean, goodness, at the university, potential high school uh, um, uh, or high school recruits that, that potentially could be Mississippi State athletes. What is your process? Because you, you seem to have a hand in so many different things and have so many different relationships, even if they're they're, they're small relationships, but still. Uh, to, to get information, is is there any anything you could let us know on what that what that process, what your week is like, <laughs> on how many high school students and coaches you're talking to? Well, I mean, to me, we just we just came off one of my favorite times of the year, and that's summer camps, um, because you know during the season you go out, whether it's football or basketball season, and and you go cover. Uh, game on Friday night or basketball on Tuesday or Thursday, Friday night. And, of course, you're seeing one game at night. Uh, so you're only seeing a handful of guys at camps. And you're seeing 100, 150 guys a day. And, and you're seeing probably, on average, 20 or 25 top targets for Mississippi State all in one place. So uh, that kind of makes my job easier to have them on campus. Uh, you, you know who you want to talk to. But... Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, of building relationships. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to be able to, you know, I've covered other teams before early in my career, but I've been fortunate to be uh, on that Mississippi State media group for a while. And, and, you know, coaches come and go, but you you have to restart relationships. You have to build them up. Uh, and, and I've been blessed with so many great coaches at Mississippi State that, that are willing to talk ball and, and willing to talk to me and, and you have to build that trust. Um, and you know, with, with high school recruits, you know, it's, uh, it's a nonstop deal with high school kids and, you know, it's, uh, you, you have to, whether it's just a, a DM or a text, you, you have to stay in touch with a lot of them each week. The things change so much. I just have to see where they're visiting, what they're thinking. Uh, but it's always interesting to me, especially this time of the year, and we'll use this class for an example. Um, you look at the 2025 class, which are juniors, guys fixing to be juniors. You called in for an interview or an ask for an interview, man, they're excited. They they love it. They, they love starting to see their name get out there. But 
you fast forward to next November when it gets close to signing day and those same guys are hard to get in touch with. Uh, so you got to build up those relationships and, uh, you know, talk to their coaches, uh, get to know their families. Uh, and to me, that that's the neatest thing about my job, especially the ones, um, you know, I went to Mississippi State. I want to see them do well. But there's a lot of kids that go to other schools that I still root for, that I get to know their families. Uh, I know their passion. I know their goals. And I want to see them all succeed. But it's always cool for me to, to see a kid I started talking to when he was in the 10th and 11th grade end up at Mississippi State, and then I get to follow his progress and see how they mature and grow and succeed at Mississippi State. That's that's probably one of the most enjoyable things about my job is being to, to witness that in person and, and to know where those guys came from and to look at them now. I mean, you know, I'll use Jaden Crumley for an example. You know, uh, he made a lot of headlines and surprised people when he decided to come back for another year, and that's a big boost for Mississippi State's defensive line, but Man, to look back at Jaden when he was in the 11th grade at Oak Grove, he was a 235-pound linebacker. Uh, and now you look, he's one of the top defensive linemen in the SEC, about 300 pounds later, you know. So uh, I, I enjoy that part of it. Well, we're so thankful for Paul Jones for joining us today on My Dogs Are Barking podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Hail State.